This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. As most of you know by now, we have been on a journey to develop a data system that the entire blueberry industry can benefit from. And a big step towards that end was to hire Joe Vargas as a director of business intelligence to lead this effort. And in the short amount of time that Joe has been here, he's been able to bring this platform to life and share it with attendees recently at our Blueberry Summit in Nashville. The response to our data program has been really incredible. During the session in Nashville where Joe was walking everyone through those tools that we're developing, we were able to get a lot of industry feedback, what they liked about it, what they'd like to see us add to it, and even what concerns they had about pulling off such an ambitious undertaking. All of those comments were recorded and we wanted to share those with you here today. I've also asked Joe Vargas to be with me on today's episode so that we can talk through the responses from the industry and how we can develop this platform to help drive our category and help ensure that blueberries continue to be recognized for the value they bring to every produce department. Joe, before we start, I wondered if you could just weigh in on what you tell people who ask, what is this data thing and, and why should I care? Yeah, thanks, Casey. Uh, happy to be back on the show. I get that question a lot. What is this data thing? And I think to sum it up in one answer or one word, really, it's uh, it's the future. You know, and, and data is the lifeblood of every organization. Um, and it's it's kind of at the top of a lot of people's minds and the tip of the tongue in a lot of these industries. And, you know, I think with the project that we've got going on, we're trying to fill those gaps. And there's a, there's a real key missing piece in the industry right now, and that's data. Well, and I, and I know, you know, to the extent that we've been working on developing a platform at USHBC that provides data back to the industry, I mean, we certainly have some some data sources, but what was really important about Nashville and, and the presentation that you gave there and the work that we were doing is we really kicked off the launch of a very specific part of the platform, which is, you know, working with the industry to essentially collect data from organizations who are willing to participate in something like this in order to provide that data back to them in an aggregate. But I think the vision for today's episode is for you and I to just kind of dialogue about some of the things that were said during your presentation, during the panel uh, discussion, really, that was taking place there in Nashville. And so, you know, we've had people who wanted to interact with your presentation. I think the things they said were things that our audience here would find interesting and valuable in order to kind of really understand what we're trying to accomplish with this data platform. So, uh, you know, we're going to kick things off with one of those uh, folks, which so happens to be Joe Barcy. Many people know who Joe is, but Joe is the president of the California Giant Berry Farms. And I think, you know, as the chair of the United Blueberry Advisory Committee, you know, he really represents, I think, the big picture approach to what we're trying to do as an industry in terms of adding more resources to accomplish more things. But I think he did a very good job in Nashville articulating why this data platform needs to be an effort that this entire industry engages in for the benefit of all. So we're going to go ahead and hear from Joe. 
I've been in blueberries since the early 2000s, and I still tell my team, like, we don't know what we don't know. But if we had better access to data at our fingertips, I think we could all do a better job. We have so much data on all these things from consumer attitude and usage. But on, the, on this side of things, on, on, the, on, the, on the farm forward side of things to the cooler, we're trying to, like, um, like Soren said in one of the podcasts that Casey uh, posted, Soren from Driscoll's, like he says, you know, if he thinks, if our team thinks we're going to outmarket everybody else, then, you know, they're pretty naive. So as much as we like to say we're market makers in this industry, market takers based on supply and demand. So the more information that we have at our fingertips to make better decisions for our growers, it's where we should go, where should we be going? And, and, and there's no secrets, right? I mean, everybody kind of knows we can get people's data if we had to. We could see who's selling what through Nielsen and subscribe to that. So I guess from an industry standpoint, if there's concern about confidentiality or anything like that, of course, we've trusted the, the USHBC for as long as it's been in existence with our data. So there's no secrets here. So I just encourage everybody to, if they haven't uh, joined the, the movement here, to, to jump on the bandwagon. So I think you can hear, you know, Joe just describing the need for everyone to really kind of jump on this bandwagon, as he puts it. You know, this will come up as a theme in today's episode, and as will the natural concerns, I think, of data security and privacy. And I think Joe put it well when he said that that's what USHBC is here for, you know, in terms of the history we have with the industry, the trust we built with the industry, the security we've had on the same sort of proprietary information that this industry provides USHBC. Uh, it's really been a trusted source of data and privacy from its inception. But a key here will be making the data collection part not only secure, but easy for people to contribute to. So Joe, can you talk about some of the data sources we are targeting and, and what it will take for people to get involved? Yeah. So when we talk about the different data sources, uh, really, we see it as kind of the past, present and future. And that's really where we want to get started. So when we talk about the past, understanding the past is the most is very critical to understand where we're going. So when we look at the past, we're talking about shipping and sales data coming out of a point of a marketing agency um, that's going to have aggregated data from all their growers and all their, you know, where they're going with their customers. We're going to move that then into um, looking at live inventory at a certain point. Um, that's one that we're working through currently. And then getting into where everybody wants to be and is that forecasting or what we call like a, a predictive analytics. And so from there, you know, the data sources and what it's what we're going to be asking people is, is starting out is we need your we need to look back. We need to look back the last five years of your sales, your shipments data to understand conventional versus organics. We need to understand uh, country, you know, is it import, is it export, is it being consumed domestically and what volumes we're moving and what cadences. And we're also asking for to look at FOB pricing and to try to understand what is the market doing and, and where are those fluctuations. It's trying to identify what's happened in the past so that we can then turn to this group of marketers that are going to be involved in this Very Smart Insights program, where we're going to be asking on a weekly basis, we're going to have a rolling four-week prediction uh, cadence to where we're looking at what does the next four weeks hold? You know, and then we're going to be doing some other things. What does the next three years hold? Or what is, you know, what are the next three days hold? You know, there's a lot of different ways to slice this. And so the data sources, we feel like this is the this is the ground floor. This is we're rolling this out. There's going to be an initial ask, and then there's going to be that next ask. You know, as we as we start to progress and this uh, program starts to. 
grow and uh, mature, we're going to be seeing a lot more things that we can do with this data. But first, we need to earn the trust of the industry and get people on board with what we're doing. And, and we're there. We're, get, we're uh, looking to roll out this program, this platform for those that are involved uh, here in December. So we're, we're looking forward to having a fun Q1 of 2023, really starting to kind of crack this thing open. Well, okay. So let's let's make sure we're being clear here, Joe. Who who are we working with? Like who's our target audience on participating in this new platform? Yeah. So we're trying to achieve that super majority, that three-fifths of the volume data that's that's out there. And so we're leaning on our marketers, uh, our marketers that are doing uh, you know, the point of sale of both domestically importing and exporting that really have that entirety of the market. So that's that's really who we're looking for, looking to be at that plus 60% here out of the gate and then mature that as we go. Yeah, well, another person who spoke up in Nashville is someone who has been through this process before, Mr. Bill Steed, who is a prominent voice in the California blueberry industry, has been for a long time and is a big proponent for the data sharing program they've developed in California known as BIMRIC, which stands for the Blueberry Marketing Research Information Center. Bill has seen firsthand why this has worked for California and what hasn't worked through their success with that program. I wanted to just share here, I mean, just listen to Bill's response to your demonstration of what this new data platform for the entire industry could do. This is Bill Steed. I'm with, uh, in California. You blew me away with this information, right? We've been doing this for 10 years. We've had amazing success with it. I understand data. I was part of the avocado part of that with California side. I, I just got, I'm, I'm literally like impressed. The tools that you put out there are amazing. We've been doing this for 10 years. We've got a lot of data in our place. Nothing like that. Yeah, I, I appreciate those, those comments. Joe, one, yeah. one quick point. Because I, I, I remember discussing BMIC with a lot of people in Georgia and Michigan, and they were always concerned about security and their food. This is why this kind of horsepower is needed because you've created the privacy portion that really is strong, which gives the confidence of an individual grower or packer in a small area to know I'm safe because that's a key factor. And that I applaud you for doing how you did that. Of course, I think Bill is right. We've developed this in such a way that this tool is going to be completely secure and something that people can continue to trust. If anyone wants to know the details of what makes our system secure, make sure you contact Joe directly. That's a big part of why he's here. And Joe, what everyone saw in Nashville is just the beginning of what's capable, right? Yeah, absolutely, Casey. Just the beginning. We're setting the groundwork. We're putting the the basic blocking and tackling pieces in play. And that's what the marketers are, are going to be participating is just getting us that shipment data. It's getting us a forecast data, inventory data so that we can start to overlay enriched data, things like Nielsen or uh, syndicated uh, scan track data. We're looking at different import and export information and different data sources out there. There's there's at least 10 different data sources right now that we're working on building out currently that's going to be able to enrich this once on a single platform. It's going to be able to a one-stop shop essentially. So look at your data, look at this all this other data that's available, that's available through us to the industry and be able to make those, you know, develop those insights that no one else can. And that provides a value that uh, is second to none. Yeah, I'm super excited about that part. I, I, I feel like it's, it's a starting place, but there's so much 
opportunity once we get this built out for you and certainly for our team to continue to build on. And now, not all the comments in Nashville were pure praise. You know, certainly Bill's uh, was exceptional. Some folks in the audience asked some very pointed questions about how all this is going to really work. And we're going to get to one of those in just a minute. But let's take a quick break here for our crop report. As you know, with Peru on the home stretch of their season, Chile and Mexico ramping up here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time now for your Blueberry Crop Report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Nestor Vega in Mexico and Luis Vegas in Peru. This was recorded on November 30th, 2022. Hi, my name is Nestor Vega and this is the report for Mexico. During wheat 46, Mexico exported 1.8 million pounds of fresh to the United States and 66.4 thousand pounds to other destinations. A total of 1.9 million pounds of fresh blueberries were exported. From this volume, 50.7% was organic blueberries. The exportation volume is 32% up from wheat, 45 Finally, in frozen, Mexico exported 84.5 thousand pounds twice of the previous week and it represents 2% of the U.S. imports of frozen on week 46. Good morning, this is Luis with a crop report from Peru until the end of week 47, which is the week ending on November 27. So up until the end of week 47 of this season, Peru has shipped a total of 509 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. From this total volume, 52% has been shipped to the US, 31% to Europe, 14% to China, and 2% to other destinations. Also, from the total volume shipped, 12% have been of fresh organic blueberries. What happened during week 47? A total of 7.5 million pounds were shipped. 48% of this volume was shipped to the U.S. with approximately 3.6 million pounds, which are expected to arrive to the U.S. market during mid-December. 39% of the volume during week 47 was shipped to Europe, 10% to China, and 3% to other destinations including Canada, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Hong Kong, India, Israel, Panama, Saudi Arabia, Thailand, and Taiwan. So that's a report for until the end of week 47. Thank you. Well, thanks so much to our busy colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. To see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry, be sure to visit our Data Insights Center. This is where the future Joe's talking about resides, and it's all at your fingertips. So make it an everyday routine visiting us at ushbc.org forward slash data. Again, ushbc.org forward slash data. Okay, now back to today's conversation with Joe and the feedback we received in Nashville during his presentation. It will probably come as no surprise to anyone who knows him that Court Brazelton of Fall Creek Nursery had something to say about all of this. I say that jokingly because in reality, Court has a way of cutting right to what's important in complex topics. He also brings a unique perspective as a plant supplier, a breeder in our industry who engages regularly with different blueberry growers and stakeholders all over the world. 
In Nashville, he correctly keyed in on the fact that the industry participation is what is essential for this program to be successful. To put this simply, if it's what you've said pretty clearly, if this is going to realize its potential utility, including producing statistically significant data, you need a substantial increase in participation. So there's a series of companies, marketers, who have committed to this program. And then for it to really deliver on value, you need increased engagement and participation from more handlers and marketers because you don't get to decide if they do it or not. If this is to be a success by the end of 2025, just to hammer that home in the simplest terms, what percentage of the product handled do you need in this system for it to deliver the value envisioned? We're really looking to be over that 90% mark, Court. And I think that the 90% gives us quorums in most areas, most regions. So we're able to, um, you know, we don't have any blind spots in the market. Um, so I'm, I'm going to disrupt you because I think that's sure. an absolute pipe dream at this juncture because we've got the Bill Steeds of the world or others who actually buy into this, including the marketers who have already committed to this program. But we've got a, a long history in blueberries and berries and produce of a mentality built around the assertion that a market drip filled with ambiguity is the place where I find my margin, right? Mm -hmm. Which clearly I don't agree with if you've read what I've produced, but um, that mentality is alive and well still um, mm -hmm. on the fresh side and particularly on the frozen side at times as well. So to change that mentality and to deliver that value proposition, I'm going to do this. Show of hands, who buys into this? Who thinks this is a good thing? So we got a, you got a room full of people here that buy into this, at least the ones who raised their hands and the one who didn't are people that need to be convinced, right? But you did not see every hand raise in this room. Mm -hmm. So to get this over the line and get to that 90% is going to be an active sale and a commitment from people in this organization, in this industry to identify opportunities to demonstrate the value in this. So the more, and I'm, I'm expressing an opinion instead of asking a question, but I care a lot about this and I know a lot of people here do, finding ways to distill this message make it simple, make it relatable, and make it very real so that people can actually get comfortable engaging it is really important because you're asking for some of the most private data Absolutely. that a lot of these companies have. This is intimate stuff, and there's, gonna, there's a perception of risk in engaging this. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount that. 90% is a beautiful number. It's highly ambitious based on where we are today. So I think acknowledging that and setting uh, some realistic goals tied to the value you want to deliver and making it even simpler and more specific could probably help along the journey. And then getting as evangelist about this as possible. So I did not ask a question. I expressed an opinion. Apologies, Casey. Well, I really thought Court's comments were thoughtful and well articulated. Joe, can you maybe speak to the participation that we are launching with and how we propose to get to the 90% that Court is saying will be a challenge to reach? Yeah, thanks, Casey. So launching with uh, 90% would be a little bit of a pipe dream, I think, as Corp puts it. And again, you know, we're looking to start out at that 60% mark. But yeah, we, we believe that 90% is attainable and 90% is what we have our sights set on. Will it come in year one or year two? Maybe not. Um, but I do believe that give us three, four years of this. And really, when people start to grab hold of the value that this platform presents, I think it's going to be hard to get people out of this program. It's going to be 90% plus. Yeah. Well, and I, and I just go back to, you know, the conversation we had with Emiliano at the Haas Avocado Board and Manuel Michelle, who runs the Mango Board. And, and I think it was, you know, it was Emiliano who just said, look, it took me two years and they're at 90, I can't remember exactly where they're at, but over 95% participation in 
their data platform and voluntary, which is our model and something that where, you know, eventually people just can't live without the data. And so once you build it, they will come kind of an approach. And I, I, I totally appreciate that. Like it's not to course point an overnight deal. It's something that you build on over time. You proof out the value of data and then the industry naturally wants to be a part of it. And I think uh, we're looking forward to more conversations with more people who want to get access to what we're building and, and have access to this information. So again, it'll take time. Yeah. And Casey, I think to comparing, you know, one of the one of the pieces of the presentation and, and a part that's really gotten us this far is talking about the Haas Avocado and what they've done from a national level voluntary program. There are some differentiation pieces with our program and, and really ours is how can we make lower the barrier of entry in this program? Because all of us are at a different spot in our data journey. And so really we've created a team. We have an entire team of data engineers, architects, developers behind us ready to make sure that your data comes in as automated as possible and that there's low barrier into entries and we can work with anything. And so just wanted to make that clear that we are ready for whatever the industry has to throw at us, which could be from QuickBooks to Salesforce to whatever, you know, wherever we can, can tee it up. We're going to come in there. We can work with your team. We can get the data and we can turn around and, and get this platform uh, launched in your guys' uh, place of business. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I think, you know, uh, it can be intimidating to imagine how you might participate in a program where there are, you know, obviously companies of large size or, or companies who have maybe got really robust systems. I think people would be surprised at how people are operating, uh, what systems they're operating on. But your point is that come one, come all. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're at, either in your data journey or your business operations journey, that we can work with you to get you put into the system, plugged into the system, turned on and, and tuned in to what this platform can offer anybody at any level, uh, which is a great point. Well, in order to get that participation from the vast majority of the industry, it will need to be somewhat flexible and customizable to meet the needs of our stakeholders. And I know one point that was brought up by Tom Avanellis of Ag Culture Capital was that need for aged inventory data. So we're going to go ahead and hear from Tom here. As we look at this, you've got the data teams that are going to do strategy drill down for the marketers. And I think I'm hoping the growers will have the same access to be able to look at the, what the strategies are going to be going forward. But I think more importantly, you're also going to have to have what I would say hotkeys for live data decisions. And it's going to be different for a grower operator than it may be from somebody that's on the sales desk or a marketing team, the sales desk. So you can pop those things up so you can make the live decisions. And it, then it does, it gives the, the grower and the marketer better information to have those live discussions on a daily basis as far as what are we going to do with this variety? What are the market challenges? What are our inventories? Because one of our biggest challenges in this industry today, we all talk about very quality, very quality, very quality. Our biggest problem is aged inventory. And what do you do about aged inventory? Because you can take the best berries in the world and have an aged inventory problem and you're not going to delight the customer. Well, I appreciate Tom's point here, and this is why coming together as an industry to address this need for data is so important. Different decision makers are going to have different perspectives on the value this can provide, and we want to hear from all of you. So, Joe, for those who weren't in Nashville, how will the average person interact with this tool? Yeah, for those of you that weren't in Nashville, love to expand a little bit on 
what this program is going to look like. Uh, we've made this very easy. It's going to be within our Data Insights Center on the website. So when you guys log in, uh, it's going to take those those login credentials. It's going to validate those credentials for that level of security. And then it's going to take you straight into a dashboard. And that dashboard is going to have three different data sources, just like we talked about with an executive summary dashboard. That's very easy, very clear, very linear of how you would want to see your data uh, from high to low and kind of leaves you there with a, a very low level of detail uh, to understand what's going on. So you can compare your data, the marketer's data, with the aggregated data. And we're not forgetting about those that aren't marketers. We will have a version for growers that you can go in or for different individuals to be able to see this aggregated data. But again, these are going to be people that are contributing to the program. If they're not bringing their data, they're not getting in the program. So it's, if you want to play, you got to bring your data. And I think that's a good point. I mean, there's essentially an executive summary tool, but you know, also the ability for whatever level of sophistication, you know, the team, you know, an individual or a team has to what they're trying to take advantage of in the area of this uh, data and insights, it's as simple or you can make it as complicated as you need to be, but there'll be a great resource in terms of an executive summary for everybody who logs in. Well, last but not least, John Shelford weighs in with some of his thoughts, which I really appreciate given just how important data has been for John in his career. He's really a, a curator of data and somebody that I've gone to time and time again to gain insights and thoughts from his perspective, specifically in the frozen business, of course, um, but just really appreciating why he leverages data in his own business to uh, accomplish the work of understanding the market. So in this clip, I thought we'd share John's own testimony on why he's now an evangelist for this initiative. I've been a reluctant, as Casey knows, participant in supporting this, and I was not at the avocado presentation, and so did not see that. But, you know, I think that one of the things that, that comes back is, I think participation is really important, and I, I speak only to the frozen side. I have forgotten anything I know about fresh. <laughs> so, so Mr. Bullcock I could take that one. But I, I think the, the numbers, and if we had a relatively high rate of participation, what would it take on an 800 million pound pack? A penny a pound is $8 million. And as I sit here and think about, if I had better information across the board, if I knew how many pounds were contracted this week, grade A, B, at the price it was contracted at, if I knew how many loads were shipped against contracts this week and compare it to the prior week or the prior year week. And then, but it's going to take some time to get a database in the frozen side. We're going to need to do a lot of uh, work against a, a database in a, a prior year to understand that. But uh, the numbers really, what's it take to gain a penny a pound, which is worth $8 million? I don't think it'd take a lot of information to do that. Again, this needs to include the wild blueberry industry. We have the wild blueberry industry today offering prices below what we basically sold most of our contracted price at back in September for the high bush blueberry industry. The wild blueberry industry is, uh, they export, but I, I just want to challenge, we need to include every pound of frozen blueberries in the deal. And um, 
I've committed to work with the U.S. Highlands Blueberry Council to try to move this forward. So John makes some great points here on the need for frozen data, and the and he does start to lobby here for the involvement of the wild industry, which which John, just for the record, we will get to. I, there's I don't think any necessarily opposition to the idea that we would involve the wild industry, but I do want to. Joe, kind of come back to you here on the fact that he's bringing up frozen. We're really talking about fresh in terms of this initial launch of a platform, but maybe you can just address, you know, where frozen fits in the order of priority of of, of data for the industry. Yeah, thanks, Casey. So, you know, we're starting with fresh. That's where the prerogative is currently. But it's, we're, we're really trying to focus, you know, and we've talked about this uh, in Nashville a little bit on the presentation is that crawl, walk, run mentality. You know, so really setting up the foundation, coming in with fresh, but not to be naive to think that we're not turning to process. So we have that in uh, look for Q1 of 2023. We will be uh, looking at also in bringing in a process piece. So, you know, as we go, as the quarters go, as the, as the years go, we will continue to bring in more pieces to this puzzle to help you identify those, those key data insights that we need for this industry to grow and grow in the right direction. And I really appreciate uh, John volunteering to be uh, part of our new uh, data task force team for the process. So thanks for that, John. Yeah, the beginning of, uh, of another good team of people who uh, can help work with us to pull this together, really. And, uh, you know, it does take industry leaders like John and certainly the data task force that you've been working with already, Joe, on the fresh side. But again, it sounds like you're, we're letting the fresh part of the business work out all the kinks. Uh, get it started. And then, of course, uh, being able to extend that technology to the process frozen part of our business, which is really important because, as many people know, the process business is uh, a big part of what affects the fresh business and uh, and both important to uh, what we're trying to accomplish here on behalf of the industry. So maybe, Joe, here in summary, you know, let's talk about what message would you like our listeners here based on today's episode and everyone in the industry to keep in mind when it comes to how to approach this data platform, you know, what is it that will help us grow the value and volume of blueberries and our future through this initiative? Yeah. Uh, you know, if there was one takeaway from this entire conversation today, it's data is a future. And if you wait, we're going to be passed up. And I think, you know, the value that comes from eliminating those blind spots in business, those are going to be what bring home the margins. Those are going to be what keeps businesses operating. Um, and that's what we have to focus on is make sure we can bring in the data to make sure that we avoid some of the other destinations that we've seen some other of the other commodities roll into. And I think that blueberries have a fantastic trajectory, but we just need to make sure that uh, we understand what that trajectory is going to look like and what the future holds. Yeah. Well, and you know, going back to the top, I appreciate, you know, what Court said about are we an industry that wants to continue to make our margins in the ambiguity of the marketplace when really all these resources and tools are in front of us to take advantage of really having a clear eye on what this market's doing and, and where it's coming from. And historical price certainly is important, but forecasting would be huge. I would just really highlight the fact that, you know, we could be doing a lot of good work in maintaining a higher value of this blueberry category over time by having better data and insights. And and I think to me, you know, that's the future. That's the takeaway. 
And, you know, we will certainly provide uh, Joe as, as anyone that would like to learn more about this program, somebody who wants to know more about data and insights, someone who wants to understand what we're trying to accomplish here, make Joe available to you and making sure that you've got his contact information in the show notes. He's somebody that you feel like you can reach out to. He's an incredible resource. He teaches on this stuff at the university level. Uh, He's just an all around great guy. So you've seen him on stage. That doesn't mean you can't reach out and, and have a conversation with him if you want to learn more about what this program is intending to accomplish for you and your business. So again, I'm really excited about this. I think everybody knows we've been looking to move this forward as quickly as possible with you on board, Joe. I just want to thank you for your work in Nashville, certainly getting this platform as far along as it's gotten. Again, our goal is to not just hit 60% and stop. It's a go, go, go and build more participations because I think the smarter we are as an industry, Uh, the better we'll perform together as an industry and we'll just keep leveling each other up. And that's kind of the point and purpose of this platform. So appreciate you being on the show again, Joe. Yep. Thanks, Casey. And for all of you out there, don't wait. Give us a call. Let's get it going. Excited to work with you. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family and hard work right here on Business of Blueberries.